Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of my podcast, Sean Sports Top. This is episode number 184, and I'm coming at you from Los Angeles, California, on Thursday, November 29th, 2018. Today, as I did on every other episode, 1 through 183, this does not include special guest episodes. I I reported all the notable news stories in sports, the breaking news, the hot topics, and I gave my perspective, my unique opinion on all of them. And not, and that will not change for today, today's episode. Um, I will also cover the news results and future matchups of the Los Angeles sports teams, as I always do. But before I get into that, all feedback is appreciated. So please leave a leave a good review on iTunes. Follow me on Spotify. It really does go a long way. And give me any feedback. Uh, tell me what I need to work on, what I need to fix, what you would like to see better. Tell me what you want to listen to, what you want me to cover in sports. I I um I take all feedback and all. Uh, opinions into consideration into heavy consideration so just keep that in mind when you're thinking of whether or not to give me some feedback or opinions um so every episode of this podcast is available on every podcast platform uh that includes itunes and spotify uh this is um this is all done because of the nice guys over at anchor fm Uh, i host my podcast through anchor and without them i wouldn't be as successful as i am now uh, without them, my podcast wouldn't be on Spotify, and that's just one of the many things that they've helped me to reach with my podcast. With that being said, uh, I have mostly NBA stories on this episode. Um, I'm going to be covering the news, the news and sports from uh, Wednesday, November 28th, and Thursday, November 29th. Uh, but this episode will be published on Friday, November 30th, along with the November 30th episode number 185. So the first story has to do with. Um, just soccer, Europe, or soccer, just uh, international soccer. The United States, the United States men's soccer team, has reportedly decided on Greg Berhalter as their next head coach. On Wednesday, CBSSports.com's Roger Gonzalez reported Berhalter is expected to ma- is expected to take over for interim coach Dave Sarachan after negotiations with the United States Soccer Federation have picked up steam in recent weeks. The U.S. men's national team has been searching for a permanent head coach since Bruce Arena resigned from the position last year. The Americans missed out on the 2018 World Cup after a 2-1 loss against Trinidad and Tobago in October of 2017. Sarah Chen took over on an interim basis last November and had his contract extended through the end of 2018. He has gone 3-4-5 and five in 12 matches with his last game being, being a 1-0 loss to Italy on November 20th. That's only nine days ago. The 45-year-old Berhalter's playing career included a 12-year stint with the U.S. men's national team and consecutive World Cup appearances in 2002 and 2006. He has also served as head coach of the Columbus Crew since 2013, reaching the playoffs four times and the 2015 MLS Cup final. So personally, as a fan of the U.S. men's national team, I love this move. Um, I don't know much about the guy, but he has a very impressive resume. He made the World Cup twice as a player for the U.S. national team. He also reached the MLS Cup final with the Columbus crew as a coach. So it seems like a good move, and I'm really excited for the future success of the U.S. team, as well as watching them in the 2022 World Cup in Qatar, hopefully. Switching gears now to the NBA. Golden State Warriors point guard Stephen Curry will return from a groin strain on Saturday at, at the Detroit Pistons. Head coach Steve Kerr told reporters on Wednesday, Curry, who has missed 10 straight games, has averaged 29.5 points, 6 assists, and 5 rebounds a game. The Warriors are 10-2 when he's on the court, but have struggled at 5-5 five five when, when he sits. The Warriors uh, were also without Curry for t- uh, tonight's matchup against the Toronto Raptors, um, and the Raptors ended up winning at home. 
Although the Warriors have entered a slump without their floor general, Golden State is still 15-7, and seven, and they reside in a six-team six group within two games of each other on top of the Western Conference. Curry's return is definitely coming at the right time for Golden State since they have a very, very tough December featuring two games with the 12-8 and Pearl and Trailblazers, home games against the Western Conference leading Los Angeles Clippers and LeBron James-led Los Angeles Lakers, as well as road games against the Eastern Conference leading Toronto Raptors and Milwaukee Bucks. So a very tough schedule for the Warriors in December, most likely their toughest month of the season. So they definitely need Curry to, to try to win most of those games. The, the Warriors, who, uh, when, the Warriors when Curry is playing, have scored at least 116 points every game during an eight-game winning streak earlier this season, with the highest being an emphatic 117-101 over the Memphis Grizzlies, who are 12-8 and this season. They've improved themselves. If the Warriors dodge major injuries, uh, they should coast the Western Conference title uh, pretty easily. So uh, I'm happy. To, I'm happy to hear that Stephen Curry is okay. I know that he was also involved in a car accident in the last few days, and he didn't suffer any injuries at all. So that's very lucky. I saw the video. He was pretty lucky, I think, to make it out of it with no injuries whatsoever. And I'm I'm um, I'm not a Warriors fan, but ultimately on a human level, it's more about the players' health. And not, um, you know, you never want to wish injury on anyone, no matter how big of a rival that that player is or what team he's on. It's uh, we're all we're all in, in this together after all. Switching gears to another NBA story, the Utah Jazz have acquired veteran guard Kyle Korver from the Cleveland Cavaliers on Thursday in exchange for Alec Burks and two future second round picks. The team announced. ESPN.com's Adrian Wojnarowski first reported that Korver was headed to Utah on Wednesday. Korver is owed $7.56 million this season. While he is owed $7.5 million in 2019-20, only $3.4 million of that is guaranteed if Utah waives him before July 7th. This is according to SpotTrack. The 37-year-old is averaging 6.8 points in 15.7 minutes a game, shooting 46.3% from distance. Korver has bounced around the NBA a bit before having an opportunity to chase a championship with Cleveland. The Cavaliers acquired him in January 2017 to bolster their, their long-range shooting. He shot 48.5% from three in uh, 35 games following the trade and followed, and followed that up by shooting 43.6% from beyond the arc last season. He also shot 41.3% from three during the, playoff season, during the playoffs last season to help the Cavs advance their fourth consecutive finals. As important as Corver was in Cleveland, he became expendable the moment that LeBron James left for the Los Angeles Lakers in free agency. Utah, who is currently 10-12, and 12, currently owned the third worst record in the Western Conference in part because they have the third worst three-point percentage at 31.9 in the NBA. With Burks now headed to Cleveland, Joe Ingles is the only um, Utah player who's averaging at least two three-point attempts per game and making more than 34% of them. So this is a good move mutually. The Cavs don't need Corver because they, they're not contenders by any means. They're they're a dump fire. A, 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 they're a horrible team. So with or without Corver, they're terrible. But as for the Utah Jazz, they're still a pretty – they have the potential to be a very good team a contender in the Western Conference. They made it to the semifinals of the Western Conference last season. So they could definitely use a guy like Kyle Korver. They're, as I said, they're third worst in the Western Conference three-point shooting. So Kyle Korver is the perfect veteran shooter that they need to, to bolster that stat. And I think it will help them. Uh, now, another story that has to do with Korver, the, the Cavs, and the Utah Jazz. Uh, so the Cleveland Cavaliers did the right thing by trading Corver to, uh, to the Utah Jazz, in my opinion, but the move wasn't popular inside the Cavs' locker room. ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski broke the news, uh, but the Athletics' Joe Varden reported that multiple Cavs players were, quote, upset by the news as Corver was, was, uh, was one of the team's best three-point threats. However, at least one veteran understands that in the NBA, business comes first. 
quote, at the end of the day, it's a business and anyone can get moved. Tristan Thompson told Varden, if the team is, if the trade is right and it adds up, then someone can get moved unless you have a no trade clause. I don't know who has that. So the only two guys that are safe in the NBA are Braun and Steph Curry. Everyone else, can you can be moved. All you can do is control what you can control. Come in, play hard every day, do your job, and don't get in trouble. Um, so that's Tristan Thompson's take, and I agree with him 100%. I mean, it's a business. It's the NBA. It's a sport, but at the end of the, at the, end of the day, it's a business for the team and the owners. The, 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 the bottom line goal is to, win, is to make money, and you do that by having fans pay for tickets. And uh, a lot of there are many other sources of revenue for the teams, but mostly fans attending the games. And that's done by having a good team. And to have a good team, you need, you need to win games. So ultimately, it boils back down to who's on the team. And this was a, this was a pretty good move for the Cavs. They, they need to look at rebuilding. I don't know why they signed Kevin Love to a huge extension when they're horrible with him. Or they, they would be horrible with him or horrible without him. So there's no reason to pay him $160 million over four years. Um, uh, that was a pretty bad move, especially looking at it now. But it is what it is. So I think they need to rebuild as soon as possible. Now, another NBA story. This one has to do with the Cavs, but more so with LeBron James and his new team, my Lakers. So Los Angeles Lakers president of basketball operations, Magic Johnson, spoke on Sirius XM NBA radio on Thursday regarding superstar LeBron James's usage. James carried a heavy burden at times in Cleveland, notably posting a 35 usage rate during the 2017-18 playoffs. His 31.2 usage rate is 11th in the NBA this season among those who have played at least 12 games. Per Om young of ESPN.com, Johnson expanded upon his previous comments, saying, quote, basically minutes, trying to make sure we don't overplay him and then also usage of the ball in his hands. We got a lot of ball handlers, so we feel we, don't, we won't overuse him in terms of his ball handling. And also every play has to run through him. I think we got proven scorers, Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, and then you have two point guards like Ball and Rondo, so we don't have to have LeBron having the ball in his hands all the time. James is enjoying another terrific season in his 16th NBA season. Through 20 games, the three-time NBA champion has averaged 27.6 points, just under eight rebounds, and just under seven assists a game. His minutes are down from last year, although he is still on the court almost 35 minutes per game on average. So obviously he's the Lakers' best player, and it has to go through him. But I'm very happy that Magic Johnson is noticing that it's becoming like the Cleveland Cavaliers of last year with LeBron James, and that uh, he wants to change that. Now, another NBA story, this has to do with the Lakers' big rival, the Celtics, who are struggling. Uh, as Gordon Hayward and the Boston Celtics have struggled to find their groove out of the gates, Kyrie Irving believe, believes his all-star teammate needs to be more aggressive. Irving told Brian Robb of BostonSportsJournal.com on Thursday, quote, Honestly, I think that he's passing a little too much for Gordon's potential and his talent. I think coming up in the next few games, he'll be able to show some different things that he's been on for the start of the season, just being more aggressive offensively and looking for his shot more. We had practice yesterday, and I told him, look for your shot more, get aggressive, and get yourself going because you are a great talent in this league, and I don't want you to ever forget that. Of course, he does a great job of coming off the pick and roll and making those passes, but I want him to be aggressive and score the basketball for us as well because we are going to need it down the stretch. To Irving's point, Hayward has made 630 passes this season compared to taking 170 shots, according to NBA.com. In comparison, Celtics forward Jason Tatum has made 614 passes with 276 shot attempts. It's been a tough start to the season for Hayward. The six foot eight um, forward is shooting only forty percent from the floor and twenty nine point two percent from three. Uh, he's also averaged only eight point nine shots per game, the lowest rate since two thousand eleven twelve, which was his second year in the NBA. He's averaging ten point one points in nineteen games so far this season, so he's struggling. But he, he's coming back from a broken foot, so it's kind of expected. But um, hopefully, he'll find the groove sooner rather than later. Switching gears now to. 
the NFL, the first and only the first and only NFL story of this episode. Cleveland Browns rookie Baker Mayfield has recently become the center of attention for his comments on former coach Hugh Jackson, but Cleveland offensive coordinator Freddie Kitchens has no problem with his quarterback's honesty, saying, quote, I don't have a problem with Baker saying anything like that. I don't know what, when it became big news to speak the truth. Mayfield, for those of you that don't know, turned heads when he showed little interest in a post-game handshake with Jackson following Sunday's 35-20 win over the Cincinnati Bengals. Jackson was fired in October after going 3-36-1 three, uh, three in, in two and a half seasons with Cleveland. He landed in Cincinnati two weeks after as a special assistant to head coach Marvin Lewis. Uh, after the less than heartwarming handshake, Mayfield explained his reasoning in his postgame press conference saying, quote, I didn't feel like talking. Uh, Jackson left Cleveland to goes down to Cincinnati. I don't know. It's just somebody that was in our locker room asking for us to play for him. And then he goes to a different team. We play twice a year. Everybody can have their spin on it, but that's how I feel. That wasn't the end of the drama as some like ESPN's Damian Woody called Mayfield a hypocrite for criticizing Jackson's move to a rival. The number one overall pick responded with strong words saying, quote, I didn't lose 30 plus games to be fake. And then do that. Mayfield commented on, on an Instagram post by ESPN's first take. I wasn't going to have a scholarship. Good try though, buddy. Mayfield's scholarship comment is a reference to Woody and others who uh, likened Jackson's move to the Bengals to Mayfield's transfer from Texas Tech to Big 12 rival Oklahoma. Mayfield did not back down from his criticism of Jackson. He told reporters Wednesday that he isn't a typical, quote, cookie-cutter quarterback. Uh, Mayfield and the Browns are scheduled to face Jackson one more time this season. After last week's game, after last week's post-game scenes, the Week 16 clash against the Browns and Bengals figures to have no shortage of drama. And uh, personally, I am very excited for it. Uh, switching gears now back to the NBA. This has to do with the Lakers and LeBron once again. Los Angeles Lakers uh, President Magic Johnson, President of Basketball Operations Magic Johnson, uh, denied a report saying LeBron James has been ignoring play calls from Coach Luke Walton. Johnson said on Sirius XM uh, Radio, quote, this is all about making sure that they can say something on ESPN and everybody can just talk. We have a system. The ball moves around a lot of pick and roll plays. If you watch us play, the ball is not in LeBron James's hands all the time. It can't be because you want to pass it around. You want to get into your pick and roll plays. But hey, we're the Lakers. People are going to be talking about us, but that's how it's going. Around. But that's not how it's going right now. ESPN.com's Brian Winter cited scouts saying James would ignore calls from Walton to run what he preferred when acting as the team's primary ball handler. James has taken an increased ball handling role following Rajon Rondo's hand injury. While many ran with the story, Winhorst's report, Winhorst report said the ignored play calls were not meant as a, quote, slight to Walton. It said the Lakers coach has allowed LeBron to run the offense when he brings the ball up the floor. Uh, Walton has come under fire for his rotations and decision-making during their 11-9 start. Johnson criticized Walton earlier this month after the Lakers lost five of their first seven games. They went on a winning streak after that, and um, that's that's that. Uh, now switching gears to the uh, to the second last NBA story of this episode. Uh, so this has to do with the uh, Greg Popovich of the San Antonio Spurs. So San Antonio Spurs head coach Greg Popovich may actually despise something more than sideline interviews. Prior to the Spurs' 108-107 win over the Chicago Bulls on Monday, Popovich elaborated on how much he hates the three-point shot per Sam Smith of the Bulls' official site. I hate it, but I always have. I've hated the three for 20 years. That's why I make a joke all the time and say, if we're going to make it a different game, let's have a four-point play. Because if everybody likes the three, they'll really like the four. People will jump out their seat, jump out of their seats if you have a five-point play. 
it will be great. There's no basketball anymore. There's no beauty in it. It's pretty boring, but it is what it is, and you need to work with it. Um, so Stephen Curry disagreed with him. This isn't the first time Popovich has expressed his disdain for the long-range uh, jumper, saying, quote, I still hate it. I'll never embrace it. He said this in December 2015. I don't think it's basketball. I think it's kind of like a circus sort of thing. Popovich added that the league might as well consider a five-shot or a seven-point shot or a seven-pointer. I thought he said in March of 2016. The Spurs are tied for 28th and made three-pointers at 9.4 per game, which which is where they finished a season ago. Uh, even when San Antonio had a healthy Kawhi Leonard in 2016-17, they were tied for 16th in three-point makes. So obviously, Popovich doesn't really like the three. Uh, switching gears back to the another NBA story, the Warriors play the Raptors, as I covered. The Toronto Raptors will likely get their shot at the full-strength Golden State Warriors in two weeks. For now, though, Toronto did, did its job by taking care of the depleted version of the Warriors. Uh, Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard had 37 points and Pascal Siakam added 26 as the Raptors defended their home court in a 131-128 to overtime win over the Warriors on Thursday. It was a great game. Golden State went up north on a three-game winning streak without Stephen Curry and Draymond Green, but struggled mightily on the defensive end. The Raptors shot 52.2% from the floor and made 15 threes. Kevin Durant scored a game-high 51 points in the loss. Serge Ibaka also had 20 points and four rebounds, while Jonas Valanciunas added 12 points off the bench as the Raptors' big men dominated. Uh, switching gears to the NFL for the last notable news story of this episode. Um, the Dallas Cowboys snapped the New Orleans Saints 10-game winning streak, earning a 13-10 win on Thursday night at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. Dak Prescott finished 24-28 of 28 for 248 yards and a touchdown. Coming off his monster Thanksgiving game, Amari Cooper caught eight passes for 75 yards. Ezekiel Elliott, who entered Week 13 as the NFL's leading rusher, ran for 76 yards as well. Drew Brees threw for 127 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. Avon Kamara totaled 72 yards from scrimmage and failed to find the end zone for the second straight game. So after after looking extremely mighty, the Saints looks like they came back down to earth. They're now 10 and 2, so their 10 game winning streak has been snapped, as I said. But uh. Drew Brees hasn't been playing like Superman lately, and he's he's been playing like an above-average quarterback. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, uh, switching gears now to the LA sports teams to close out this episode of Sean Sports Talk number one eighty four. The Los Angeles Lakers played today, and they beat the Indiana Pacers one hundred four to ninety six at home. So the Lakers are now twelve and nine, and the Pacers fall to thirteen and nine. The Pacers did not have Victor Oladipo though. So the Lakers snap a two-game losing streak, and they're back in the win column. Um, now let's take a look at the stats here for the Lakers. LeBron James obviously led the way with 38 points, 7 assists, 9 rebounds. Kyle Kuzma had 11 points, 9 rebounds, 2 assists. JaVale McGee had 6 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists. Lonzo Ball had 2 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists. Uh, Brandon Ingram had 14 points. Josh Hart had 13 points. Contavious Caldwell-Pope had 11 points. Michael Beasley also had 6 points and 2 rebounds, so he contributed. So big win for the Lakers, and they play tomorrow back-to-back. They play the Dallas Mavericks at home, 7.30 p.m. Pacific time, as they look to make it two wins in a row. As for the Clippers, they play today. They beat the Sacramento Kings on national TV on the road. Uh, it was on TNT, so the Clippers win 133-121. to 121. Clippers are now 15-6, and six, and the Kings are 10-11. and 11. The Clippers are still first in the Western Conference. I didn't see that coming into the season. The Clippers have uh, two days off and then they play the dallas mavericks on the road at 4 p.m pacific time on sunday december 2nd as they look let's see let's see if they're on a winning streak so the clippers right now are on a 
four-game winning streak. They'll look to make it five wins in a row as they take on the Mavericks on the road on December 2nd. The LA Rams had a bye week. They resume play this Sunday, December 2nd at 10 a.m. Pacific time, 1 p.m. Eastern against the Detroit Lions on the road on Fox. Um, the Rams are on a winning streak. They will look to make it three wins in a row after losing to the New Orleans Saints on November 4th. The LA Chargers, who are uh, very good themselves, second in the AFC West, beat the Arizona Cardinals by 35 points last week. They play in the primetime matchup of Week 13. They play against the Pittsburgh Steelers on the road uh, December 2nd at 5.20 p.m. Pacific time, 8.20 p.m. Eastern. That game is going to be on NBC. I'll be watching it. The LA Kings played today, and they lost 3-2 to the Edmonton Oilers, now 9-15-1 on the season under the Kings. The Oilers are 12-11-2. The Kings play tomorrow back-to-back. Uh, they play at 6 p.m. Pacific time, 9 p.m. Eastern. It's the Calgary Flames in Canada on the road. And the Anaheim Ducks did not play today, but they do play tomorrow at 4.30 p.m. Pacific time, 7.30 p.m. Eastern against the Carolina Hurricanes on the road. Actually, I didn't look at the NBA standings, so the, the Lakers are still 7th in the Western Conference, 7-3 and three in their last 10, 12-9 on the season with a streak of one win. Three games behind the first-place Clippers, and the Clippers are in first place, 15-6, four-game winning streak, 9-1 in their last 10. They're looking great. Uh, in the NFL, the LA Rams are... First, the best best in the NFL, first in the NFC West, 10 and 1, two game winning streak, 6 and 0 at home, 4 and 1 on the road. And the Chargers are second in the AFC West, 8 and 3, uh, with a with a streak of one win, 4 and 2 on home and 4 and 1 on the road. And now in the NHL to fully close out this episode, let's take a look at the standings specifically in the Pacific Division. The LA Kings are last eighth place. They are 9-15 and 1 as I covered with 19 points, a minus 23 goal differential, 4-6 and six in their last 10 with a streak of one loss. And the Anaheim Ducks are 12-10-5, uh, fourth place in the division with 29 points, but a minus 15 goal differential, 5-3-2 and two in their last 10 with a two-game winning streak. So thank you so much for listening. This was episode number 184, and I'll see you guys in episode number 185, which will be recorded and published on Friday, November 30th. See you then.